This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. Next level. BGN Radio. Let's go. Welcome to the next level, the creme de la creme, Saran Davenport, Barrett Brooks, linked with BGN, next level boys breaking down the game, of the podcast out, but they not the same, TD the fly one, keep the suits and the wingtips, honest opinions, from the Gibsons to the Winces, I'm left handed, Barrett Brooks got my blind side, Super Bowl winner, see the game from a champ size, route concepts down, the techniques in the trenches, you wanna learn football? And tune in and listen BGN Radio Next Level Podcast You thinking about discussing the Eagles? Better stop that From senior bowl workouts to the draft Down to training camp Breakdowns of all 22 They the best at that Special insights giving sight to the blind So sit down, push play And when they done, rewind Next Level Alright, welcome to another edition of the Next Level Podcast I'm Teron Davenport and I'm here with Barrett Brooks. It is week four, and it's time to get into this upcoming matchup. Take a look back at a miraculous win, the the miracle. Uh, lucky at the link, I guess you could call lucky it. Lucky at the link. Love it, bro. That's Love uh, it. that's what happened, man. You know, they let a, a team hang around, and they had to get a 61-yard field goal to allow them to win the game. And here we are going into week four. The Eagles have a record of 2-1, and one, and... They're sitting pretty as far as the NFC East is concerned. So, speaking of the NFC East, this this matchup, anything particular jump out to you when, when you watch this game? The fact that, you know, Doug Peterson outcoached Spags. He outcoached him. I mean, you look at what they had out on the field when they started running the rock. They put in big 13 personnel, the Eagles did, with one big uh, tackle playing the tight end and mm-hmm. two tight ends. Uh, and Spags kept in nickel. Yeah. <laughs> Gave him a gift. So, you know, the old Doug, I think, would have just kept on trying to throw it, even with the, even though they gave him the opportunity to run the rock. But he took advantage of it. He ran the rock against 
a smaller unit of guys out there. You know, you take a linebacker um, out and put a safety in, and that's what you call nickel. Well, the Eagles countered that, brought in a tackle and two tight ends. That's like goal line offense, mm-hmm. and ran a rock on them. Yeah. Made them like it. Yeah, they started the game with 12 personnel, as a matter of fact. And then, you, like you said, you saw uh, Vitae come in as a tackle eligible, and they just, you know, they went big, and they said we're going to do – what we've been telling them they needed to do anyway. No you know? question. We're no going to put our shoes next to each other, and we're going to establish what it is we came to do, and that's run the football. And they did it to the success of 193 yards rushing. And long time coming. It's a long time coming. And, and, and it's, it's, it's something that they needed to do. And for me, when I look at this win, I, I think it really established balance on offense. It showed that. Carson Wentz does not have to be the guy for them to win a football game. They could win yep. a game without Wentz as the guy. He, I, I don't know how many attempts he had, but the the fact of the matter, he had under 200 yards passing. He did have a, a passing touchdown, but make no mistake about it, their offense was a running game. Yeah, and you look at it, you know, it, it really shows the maturity of you know of him because he then was able to sit back, read the defense. And not be rushed as much because the defense was back on their heels because you're running the ball. So I, I like that he's growing and understanding, and maybe then he'll start, you know, voicing this opinion. Hey, coach, you know, let's run it now. Let's run mm-hmm. it now. Maybe he'll give him a little insight too. But for you know, for a young quarterback to bowl, throw over 50 times a game, he was averaging over that going into this game. You know, that's, that's almost a travesty to put all that on his shoulders. But now that you know, Doug say, hey, we're going to run the rock, and I think he listened to the critics for once and. and started running the ball, and it helped him out. It's the, probably the most pivotal piece of them winning this game. Yeah, and I talked to LeGarrette Blunt after the game, and he he had a good point. And, and it's something that, you know, we all understand and we all know, but to hear a guy in that situation say it is is a good thing. And, and he said just about sticking to the running game. And, and I asked him about the importance of doing that, and he said that's what they have to do. Uh, he, he said that they found a formula that can allow them to win games. But more importantly, he said there's only two or three guys, maybe one or two guys in this league that you could throw the ball 50 times and yes. expect to win. Exactly. And, and, you know, he didn't call anybody out. He said you guys know who they are. And he just reinforced the the point that it's it's – Meant you have to run the football, and I think you you see that Monday night against the 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 Cowboys and Cardinals, you saw Ezekiel Elliott just continue to be more effective. And we talked about this and mentioned it the way the running game is able to evolve and progress as you get later in the game. And Elliott, let's face it, he runs hard, but he's not 255, 260 pounds like Blunt is. So this is a guy that you really should use as a battering ram. You saw them give him more carries, and the thing I love about it, he ran hungry. Well, and, and then he showed some shiftiness. And everybody said he wasn't hit the hole hard. He didn't have the opportunity to hit the hole hard. He didn't run with the first team offense when um when 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 they were in the preseason. You know, he got only a couple. A what, two or three carries with the first-team offensive line? Come on, man. You can't think that you could judge a guy off that. Show He showed explosiveness, showed shiftiness. Keep feeding that big guy. He could definitely make something happen. Okay, try to make one feature back. It doesn't matter to me because he's going to fall forward for five yards. Now you're starting off at second and five as opposed to second and ten or maybe second and, and, and 15 because, you know, Carson gets sacked. Don't put all the earnest on that offensive line being great. Let them be great running the ball as opposed to passing the ball. When you get in that second and five and even third and, and, and five uh, type situation, the 
availability, like the, the portion of the playbook that you could choose from just expands and you become less predictable. So that's a great point. And when you look at just in addition to Blunt, who ran really well, a lot of people forget the leader in rushing was, was Wendell Smallwood. Yes, And exactly. this is another guy that ran with a sense of urgency. It reminded me of when the pads first went on and they or when the pads During went camp, on and they yes. first went live. You saw he was in on a different gear than the others, and especially in that late drive that they had. I mean, he had three straight touches. You know, the first one I, was, was a nice game. Then he caught the ball, and then he had another running play. He had to pop out, but then he came back in two plays later. And I think Wendell Smallwood is another one that's going to continue to evolve in his offense. Well, they have to. You know, he's probably the most um, talented as far as, you know, being an every down back yeah. that they have. You know, speed, quickest, and, you know, not big size, but big enough size that he can go in and he can handle, you know, the rigmaroles of, of going in there and running in between those tackles. Corey Clement came out and said, all right, you give me some touches, I can make something happen too. How about that? Amen. How about that? Bo Jackson, boy, I tell you. <laughs> Listen, you know, you guys know if you've been listening to this show, if you've been following me on Twitter, you've been reading my work, uh, I, I have not been the biggest advocate of Corey Clement. But I will say this. He set the tone for the Eagles in that game. No question. Because that 35-yard kickoff return, where he, he didn't even think he – he told me that they had been watching film and it had really showed that uh, the guy on the left was the one that they were mostly – or no, the guy on the left was the one that they would avoid kicking the ball to. And it was typically the guy on the right that would return the ball. And uh, lo and behold, he got that kickoff. And he, he said that return just kind of knocked the jitters out. And that's something you know a lot of, a lot of people that didn't play, like you don't understand. Like once you get that first hit out of the way, now it's like, all right, now we can get rolling. Now we can go just, to work. It's just one of those things. Like It's like the initiation of the game itself. So he got that out of the way, and he had the 15-yard carry. Really good uh, job of getting into the end zone there and tying the game. Well, you know, and, and if you look at him, not just is he going out there and contributing on special teams, but in regular offense, you can stay around the league a long time being able to do that. I mean, you talked, and I was, you know, in camp, and I kept telling you, man, Deuce likes this kid. You know, mm-hmm. he feels as though he sees himself in this kid. He taught this kid how to really run the rock. <clears throat> it was different the way he ran when he was at Wisconsin as opposed to what he runs now. He runs more elusively now yeah. as opposed to him just being a battering ram and trying to outrun people. He had, he, I mean, Deuce made him chop his feet a little more, you know, slow his feet down in order to get faster. You know, you had mm-hmm. to slow him down to get faster. And that's exactly what he did. Deuce did a great job of implementing this kid into the NFL and taking his time to really teach him how to run as an NFL running back and not as a college running back. And it made a difference, a huge difference. Another huge difference in his running game was, you know, I, I, I must concede and say that uh, I, was, I was fooled. I was hoodwinked. I was bamboozled. I was run amok. <laughs> led I thought, astray. Yeah, I was led astray. <laughs> I thought Chance was going to given the chance, would go out there and demo. He didn't give me too much, man. Oh. He didn't give me too much, man. And so, you know, you know, Wiz went in there and just balled. Wiz got a Wiz is a nasty dude too, man. Mm-hmm. He's got a nasty disposition to him. He wants you to go out there and, and and he wants to fight you, man. And I like that. You need that type of guy. He feels as though he's been slighted too. He's been run him up. Yeah. Like, you haven't given me an opportunity to play. He took that and ran with it. When he was in there, it's when they had the most offensive output when he was in the game. 
I think he may have won himself that 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 left guard position. I think it's been he up may in the air. Also, I think when I mean, you look at the snap distribution, obviously Sayamalo was zero, but Wiz had the most snaps. He played forty four snaps. Exactly. And it's funny he does have that nasty streak. You know this this Joker man. He's the only one in the locker room. That didn't hold the door for me, man. Any other, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, oh, yeah, come on through. He just left the door. I'm like, oh, yeah, but you know what? You're right, though. You want that in, in your guys you up front. You want a nasty guy, you know? man. And, and, and that's He's not mad. something He's you pissed. just turn on and turn off either. You're right. That's so, what I'm saying. He walks around pissed because he feels though he should be start- This guy started the major part of his career. In fact, it, all of his all career. All of his career. Till he, he started here. center. And i tell you what. He went out there and played his butt off, man. Mm-hmm. And I like what he went out there and did. He was finishing plays. That was a big thing. He was finishing plays. And I think that's where you set the bar. He set the bar as far as how to play the game uh, at the left guard position. Sam Malo and, and Chance just didn't finish plays. He's trying to dog you out. They're not yep. trying to do that. He was trying to finish play. Even pass plays, he's trying to finish them. You got to have that, man. That's what that's what helped me play 12 years in the NFL. Not because I was the biggest, strongest, the best athlete, you know. But he I, he reminds me of myself because I would fight you every single play. I'm going to fight you every single You're going to know you came out of a battle with me. You're going to be in that cold whirlpool after you get through with me in a game. You may have beat me. I'm going to get you. You're going to get me. But you knew you was in a dog fight the entire game. One too many people left the game was like, all right, I'm going out after we play B. Brooks. No, we not you're not going out, bro. We about to fight. We're gonna leave everything out here and go from there. We leaving everything. I'm not going out after the game. I'm fighting you every single play and then we you know, then you know, we'll we'll think about something on Tuesday or day off. But we ain't you ain't going nowhere tonight, babe. Nope. What, what, what Mob D say, I'm going out blessed and taking my enemies with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> if not, you're scarred because you'll never forget yeah. me. <laughs> so you'll never forget me. That's how it is, man. You know, it is a battle. But end of the day, this is a team that was able to pull off the win. Jalen Mills, I think we have to, to look at him and what he was able to do. Uh, people are going to say he was targeted 20 times. And, oh, he he got beat for two touchdowns. I think Jim Schwartz explained it the correct way. Sometimes a guy who's a big-time player is going to make a big-time play. And and what Schwartz said was that on that one-handed touchdown, it wasn't really anything that he could do. Mills was in good position. It just was a a guy that, that, you know, is is an elite player. Exactly. Now, the other play, I could understand, you know, the double move. They had been setting that up for most of the game anyway, you know, and taking advantage of the Eagles' DBs playing off. But I think Mills, for the most part, held his own. He kept everything in front of him except for, you know, that that big touchdown and then obviously the, the second one, 8.8 yards per carry or catch for uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I think that's solid, you know, to be able to hold no a question. guy like that to, to that minimal uh, average. You, 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 look at, you look at what he did, was able to accomplish. We're talking about major dude. Slay couldn't do that against uh, – you know, Odell Beckham Jr. You look at all these big-time DBs. He's going to get you. He's going to get – that's the type of talent he has. He is by far one of the shiftiest guys. Him and Antonio Bryant are probably the shiftiest guys as far as receivers in the league. Nobody can really stop them. You can hold them down, but you can't stop them. And for him to keep everything in front of him and corral him, you know, he leads the team in tackles. He leads them in tackles. Now, the the most telling uh, statistic – that if you had, what if he they targeted him 
and he didn't have any tackles. That means they was running by him yep. or scoring touchdowns or somebody else had to tackle him. No, he's making he's making these tackles. He's stopping them. They catch him in front of him, he'll corral him and make it happen. You can't ask a DB to stop Odell Beckham Jr. It's just not happening. Right. It's just not happening. And, and, you know, the thing is, and I'm glad you mentioned Antonio Brown because, you know, I, I will say – and and stand tooth and nail, he is the best receiver in the game. But the thing is, the similarity between the two is their ability to be so shifty. But how they stick in their foot in the ground and they go zero to sixty like a Lamborghini, Lamborghini right. you know. <laughs> and that's the thing that they were able to keep Beckham from doing. You look at the first Giants game last year; he caught that slant, a bad angle by Rodney McLeod. It's touchdown. You know what I mean? And that didn't happen this year right. as far as on the slant. So, uh, good job. So, we'll kind of put a, a, a bow around that. Um, one thing going into this week I, I definitely think has to happen for this team, Carson has to hit this deep ball. And Whoa. I, I know people are saying, oh, well, he doesn't have a clean pocket. Go back and watch the three big opportunities that he missed. The pocket was clean. Yes, it was. Twice against the the uh, Redskins she- to Torrey Smith. He he had another opportunity last week to Alshon and missed. And this is something that they have to be able to connect on, especially if they're going to be in these closed games. When that opportunity presents itself, you have to take advantage. Well, and that's, that's becoming a major issue in, in my film study is – He's just not hitting a deep ball, and I don't know how you develop that. Is that you, you get that in practice, throwing in practice, or you know maybe taking some time, you know, and and, and just going out there and practicing it. I I don't know. Some people have a touch for somebody. Some people have the, a feel for how to throw the deep ball. Mm-hmm. He hasn't connected, you know. And and we brought in the players in which you do you do that for. You know, you look at uh, Smith. Torres, he's a guy you gotta you gotta do that. Torres Smith is as fast as all outdoors. Give him an opportunity to run up underneath it. Alshon, just throw it up, you know. In the and you area. have to have a little, yeah, you got to have a little touch with that. And I haven't seen it thus far. We questioned that last year, but this year we're starting to question a little more. I believe he's a really, really good quarterback, a really good quarterback. I'm talking about upper echelon quarterback. He's not an average guy. But, I mean, if there's any flaw in his game, I think that would be the only flaw he would have. Yeah, that and, and his ability to throw receivers open. That's something, you know, as a receiver, you want your quarterback to lead you and allow you to catch the ball and, and explode with it. That's something I would like to see more of that's, from see, him. That's, but, a, that's a receiver talking right now. I don't know anything about that. That's hey, a receiver and you're talking right hey, now. Hey, you, you know, you watch it, man. <laughs> you know, I want you to place the table for me and I'll sit down and eat. But you got to place it, you know. So – Speaking of throwing the deep ball, they're going against a guy who delivers the deep ball as well as pretty much anybody in the league in Phillip Rivers. So uh, in, in your film study, I mean, looking at Keenan Allen, obviously he, he's, he's a, an established receiver. But, you know, what I see is Travis Benjamin and his ability to stretch the field. But I really like how they work Benjamin and allow him to break down and work his way back to the football because of his speed pushing DBs off. Well, he he definitely you could tell just in the, in the way he runs his route. He's running and looking them right in the eyes mm-hmm. and running up on his heel, run up on their heels. He's trying to make them turn the corner. I mean, make them turn their hips. And I, I mean, I like the way he runs those type of routes and then you know or he runs deep ends and things of that nature. He creates his own separation by how aggressively he runs the routes. These guys are going to really have to come with it. You know, I don't know who's going to be healthy in the secondary. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a problem. You know, who's going to be back? 
But we're going to need some guys that really can be physical and understand that these guys are going to run and try to run past them all the time. Yeah, it, it's going to be a, a matchup for this secondary. And I like the way watching a couple of their plays, you know, from the Chiefs game, uh, you talk about the play action and, and you talk about some of the things that, that teams do to, to get that max protection. I mean, there were a few times where they had literally two-man routes. You know, the running backs were there, and they were checking if anybody was coming. Then they released to the flat. But for the most part, it was two-man routes, and they liked to, to get Benjamin on that comeback. They rolled, moved the pocket over to the side that Benjamin's on, and they allowed Phillip Rivers to use that big arm he has, throw it outside the numbers, you know, hash to the numbers, which is not an easy throw, on that deep comeback. And, and that's a way they get – Good yards, chunk you know? yardage out of that yeah. too, and and they always have Mister Reliable up underneath. You know, Antonio Gates is a guy that you know he's been doing it for years. He said, "Well, he he may not be as fast as he used to be. I don't know how that sucker does it, but he always ends up open, man. He, he uses that body, man. And, and they like to do those those like those turn routes, you yep. know, and allow yep. him to just turn around and just post up." You know what I mean? And it's like stop right, you, yeah. you're just waiting to see somebody shoot the basketball. You want to see a bounce <laughs> off the rim because that's what he's doing in the middle of the field. So this, is this I think, is going to be the hardest matchup. If they go, man, it's going to be the hardest matchup in my book for Malcolm Jenkins because Malcolm has the quickness to move with. I mean, granted, you know, Jordan Reed shook him a couple times. Travis Kelsey shook him. But for the most part, he has the quickness to match up against those type of uh, tight ends. Yes, but he does. There's just nothing you could do against a guy that, that is able to use his body the and way And lean on Antonio you. Does. Yeah, and lean. He can lean on you and still catch the rock. You know, some people yeah. don't get unbounded. He can lean on you and still catch the rock. Hold you off with one hand and catch him with the other. You know, but the biggest thing also, we have to make sure to do stop the run. It, that's what, yeah. Melvin Gordon is going to try to tote that thing, and he's feeling some sort of way about how his season is going, how his career is going. So he's he's running harder than I've seen him run in a while. I really like the way they, they run Melvin Gordon also. You know, they, they like to run those stretch plays and some of that out zone, outside zone kind of look. And, you know, when, when they're doing that, I, I was I was like, okay, well, he's going to cut it back. No, he didn't cut it back. There were times <laughs> where he just said, all right, this is where it's flowing. I know the defense is flowing that way. I'm going to find a hole, and, and I'm going to make it make it do what it do. And He's and, a little uh, guy, too. Yeah, I, I mean, look, Gordon is legit, man, and I think he's, he's underrated. They started using him in the passing game also last year. So I think really the key to all this, they're, they're going to have to stop that running game. Um, and, and focus on Antonio Gates. And, uh, I mean, if, if I were the defensive coordinator, what I would do is make them beat me passing the football, and that's throwing it outside the numbers to your guys lining up outside. And we got aggressive corners, too, that can break on stuff, you know. So, I mean, the matchup's going to be pretty good, you know, as long as they keep things in front of them. Mm -hmm. uh, Melvin Gordon, another one of those Wisconsin running backs, you yeah. know. So, you know, we'll see, man. I, 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 this is going to be a game in which I want to see where they are in their development. You know, how how much did they learn from the last three games as far as learning to win? You know, they were close to winning in Kansas City. They won in Washington. They they won uh, against the Giants. I want to see, can they still learn, you know, to, to, to really turn that corner and learn how to really win? Yeah, a, a road game at, at that. I right. mean, a cross-country road game. And this is when that formula that, that I feel 
the best road teams have is is being pack and play. Yep. To where you pack that defense up and you pack the running game up. Yep. And if you're able to do both of those successfully, you're going to win anywhere. I don't care where it is, whether it's Seattle, Kansas City, L.A., you know, the Carson, Carson, California, the StubHub Center, whatever they call this place. Uh, you could win if you're doing that. But when you look at this defense, there could be some issues, right? But we don't know if Jordan Hicks is going to play. We'll find quarterback out. Quarterback at all defense. It, the quarterback of the defense and, and the guy that, that is really one of the major pieces in stopping that screen game, the guy who tends to be the first one to the football against the run. But more importantly, Fletcher Cox. He limped out of the locker room, so you know what's the deal there? If they don't have him, how much does that impact that defense? Yeah, because I mean, Bo Allen's my guy, man. But it's a difference between Bo Allen and Fletcher Cox. You have to game plan as an offense, Fletcher Cox. You have to know where he is at all times. He's that much of a dynamic player that when you're doing your, you're going through and and you're going through your your passing uh, game plan. You have to account for where this man is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, Jernigan is, is really, really good. But Jernigan and Fletcher Cox is better. And they need that. They need him out there. They need him to go in and, and, and you know, alter what the offense is doing. You know, close that pocket up. Pinch that pocket on wherever. Make it real uncomfortable for him. So it's, it, it's going to be a point where he's going to have to step up and be that pro bowler we know he can be. Yeah, so – We'll see, man. You know, uh, Jernigan, like you mentioned, is a guy that has been generating press. It's not just sacks with him. There there were numerous times last week where the pass breakups were the result, and even the interception, it was a result of him getting that pressure and causing Eli to alter his release point or not even be able to step into the football. Exactly. exactly. On the other side of the, the ball, okay, you, you got Darren Sproles, who is done for the season. You hate to see a guy like Sproles. My K-State guy, man. You hate to see that, you know. Uh, they they call him Tank. You know, you hate to see the little Tank have to go down. But I tell you what cracked me up, man. When, when he came off the field, the way he – yo, he walked off the field so mad. And I, I just looked – I was like, yo, he reminds me. And I, I, I tweeted it. He, he reminds – he walked off the field – like a villain walking away from something, he just he just blew up, man. I was cracking up about that, but you know you have him not in the game. But hold on, how about he walks off like ain't nothing wrong with him though? Yeah, he he did walk, and I remember because he had his his fist balled up, he just walked off. Right, he ain't got a broken arm, right, and also he uh, tore his you know yeah. ACL, and he's, he's walking wa- like ain't nothing wrong, like he's mad, he's more pissed off than he is. They got to lead the game as opposed to him being hurt. I think he's coming back. He, he's one. He, I, think, I believe he'd be one of those guys that say, "All right, I'm not going out like this." Exactly, and I'm that's why I think like he's this. coming back. And I remember that happened two years ago with Steve Smith. He said, "I remember he said he was going to retire." Yep, right. I remember and, that. And I ain't gonna lie, I was depressed, man. Right. <laughs> Steve Smith is one of my favorite players ever. I love watching he's him an play. Animal, bro. You know an what animal, I mean, man. But he popped his Achilles. He came back last year and, you know, had a decent season. I I could see that same thing happening with Sproles, but just looking at this offense, so now they're going to have to figure out, okay, how are we going to find that explosiveness? How are we going to replace that explosiveness? I don't think you can, but I I think this is a week where you could go back to that running game. Kareem Hunt just last week, 172 yards against these cats. And if you watch the game, 
they didn't want to tackle him. No. That they, didn't. they did not want to tackle him. So, once again, you got 262. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You got 250 pounds running that football, and then you got another guy running like as if his life depends on it in Wendell Small. Smallwood. Yep. And then you got Clement, who is learning not to be a crash test dummy and actually run the football. I think they have a pretty good rushing attack. This is a week they should run the ball. Absolutely. You know, there's no question about it, especially you in, in, in enemy territory, across the country. Keep it simple. You know, I'm always a firm believer that kiss technique. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple, stupid. You know what I mean? I, I agree 100%. But when they want to throw the ball, and, and I would be remiss if, if I didn't mention Joey Bosa. We know that this is a guy that has the ability to use that one arm and just drive, yep. hit a one-arm stab, and just drive an offensive lineman wherever he wants to go. So Bosa is definitely a factor, relentless motor. Um, you look at Melvin Ingram, he brings it also. They're pretty stacked along the line. But then you, you get to the linebackers, and more importantly, you get into the secondary. They're without Jason Verrett. You have Casey Hayward, a, a, a former pro bowler. Uh, you former. Have, right. Two years ago, I think it was. Um, you got the rookie, Desmond King, who I, I think if they could get. Now, this is a week Out where. Out of Iowa. This is a week, I'm going to say this. If they could get Aguilar matched up against him, they could take advantage of that to the thousandth power. Well, you know, that's what I that's what I think is going to be the guy that's going to replace all that explosiveness or try to emulate that in 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 in, in the third down situations. It's going to have to he's going to have to step up. And I think he can. I think Nelson is ready to step up and be that that third down guy they've been looking for as opposed to Sproles. Somebody's going to have to do it. And I think this this is another opportunity for Aguilar to to excel. It's all about creating those matchups. This week, I think that's the matchup that they could create. One of the touchdowns that the Chiefs had last week, they 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 went to uh, they had trips on the left side, and um, the guy all the way inside, number three, was uh, Tyreek Hill. I forget who was on the outside, but they ran, you know, all Conley. go. Yeah, it was Conley and uh, it was Conley and um. What's his name from 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 um? Was it Wilson? Oregon, no, from Oregon. Oh, oh, D- that De- De- Anthony yeah. Thomas. Yeah, De- Anthony Thomas. Okay, why the safety did not you know? go deep as of the deep <laughs> and allow Tyreek Hill to run that deep arrow that or I, it was I don't want to call it an arrow route because he didn't cross the field all the way, but he kind of just it was kind of like a a subtle in breaking route. Why that safety? Did not, and they had the linebacker drop back. Also, it looked like quarters coverage, but I couldn't really decipher what it was. But the fact of the matter is, you had Trey Boston to sit there and allow the fastest man in football to cross his face, and it was a touchdown. I think it was like a thirty-yarder. So I want to see if they could get back to that trips formation that the Eagles used where they had Torrey Smith in the slot and see if they could attack the field vertically and maybe not get that deep shot like that, but you have Alshon coming in on that dig route underneath. Yeah, yeah. can we can we trust it, you know, Carson throw it, man. That's that's the only thing. Man. That's and and it goes back to something I had a problem with with Carson before and that's believing what he's seeing. Yeah. And that goes hand in hand with holding on to the football too long. Yep. You have to you see your receiver just Beginning to break open, you got to throw the ball because a lot of times it was waste. He would they be all the way open before he would throw it. Yeah, and you can't do that. Oh, we were going uh, when they were going in. 
I saw one time where, you know, I, I said Nelson, but it wasn't Nelson. It was Alshon because I saw 17 and kind of popped my head. I'm like, no, it was Alshon sitting in the end zone right there. I mean, sitting by himself, he just ran a stop route in the end zone. Boom, all they had to do was throw it to him. Just get it out. And that's where – and some of the Eagles fans, they, they, they get pissed off, but I really see the Alex Smith comparison as legit. I, I went when Wentz was coming out – you know, I, I made the comparison Alex Smith, a mix of Alex Smith and Blake Bortles, because mm-hmm. you know, he's bigger than Alex Smith, but he's athletic like Smith. I think it's the same play because I remember Alex Smith when he was first coming up in San Francisco. It, w- it was always that case, that hesitation. He would see a guy open, but he he wouldn't throw the. The only time he would throw the football without caring was the seam route to Vernon Davis. That was the only time, <laughs> and they would do it week after week after week and just kill teams with it. But for for Wentz, that's something he has to do, and I think this is this is something that they could go to, man. I, I would really focus on finding ways to get Trey Boston mixed up in, in in coverage. You know, whether it's the divide route where you got the dig and post over top, there's going to be opportunities. They just have to hit it. So it goes back to hitting that deep ball, hitting the the intermediate crossing route. Looking at this game though, when when you look at the the score, um, I think. The Eagles are going to go out there and handle their business. I, I think it's going to be something along the lines of like a 28-17 to 17 type of score. That's that's what I'm looking for in, in this game. What's your take on the matchup, and, and what, what would you say is your score? My final score would probably be 24-18, right around the same thing. I, I, I really believe that the Eagles will play okay going into the game, but then they'll turn it on at the end of the game, and that's when they'll win towards the end of the game, as opposed to it being the flip before. I think they're going to you know, turn on the end of the game. It's going to be tough for them being all on the West Coast. They're flying out on Saturday as opposed to being on Friday to play a game on Sunday. That might be a problem. So I think it'll be kind of slow into getting it going, but once they get it going, it's, it's, they're not going to be able to stop them. They're going to keep it on, keep it on, keep it on. So that's what I see. Um, I think Doug's going to still continue to try to run the ball. And uh, I think that's why the Eagles get a victory because he's going to stick to running the ball again and seeing that, yes, that's how you win games. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting they're flying out on Saturday instead of Friday. Normally West Coast, you fly out on Friday. Fly so. Friday, you know, give your body a day to get used to the time changes and, uh, you know, then go to battle. Uh, I don't know. You know, you, you have so many so many ways in which you could, you know, look at this. You know, you, if you look at – West Coast teams, where they they hate to come east because it's early. You got to turn that clock on earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, a one o'clock game is really to them like a ten o'clock game. You yeah. know, yeah. so it's you know this is this is this is where your chess pieces are. You know, this is for the first time, this is where Doug is going to have to see you know and, and and play chess. We'll see. I think in chess, if you want to attack first, one way they could do it. Come out with that tempo offense. You want to create the sense of urgency. Yeah, he's, the, he's one of the best. That's, at that. that's that. Yeah. I, I, I will say that Carson is great at running that two minute offense. He's so rhythmic, yep. and, and that's the thing. So, all right, folks, that's the show. Uh, we both are, are, are taking the Eagles in San Diego. Definitely, or, I did it. I did it. L.A. baby, <laughs> John Clark. I owe you twenty dollars. I got you, boss. Um, in L.A., they're going to be in L.A. So I'm Teron Davenport. For Barrett Brooks, be sure to continue to go to Clippets. Go to Clippets. Make sure you, you you pull. We didn't get any this week, so you know, 
Got to step that game up if you want us to break down some plays. We'll be sure to do it. Uh, that's it for me, Barrett. Party shots. Yeah, I'm gonna say, let's go, Birds. I mean, we cut it too close last week. I can't be keeping. I can't keep taking these tums, ten tums, watching the game. Let's go ahead and win it outright, just real quick. And like I say, at B Brooks seventy two CSN at T Davenport underscore NFL. It it it. it, it. And that's all, folks. Yeah.